It's November 21st, 2017, and this is Inside Out, The Naked Truth. Coming to you live from Santa Cruz Mountains, California, from Lupin Lodge, where clothing is optional. But the truth is always naked. I'm Errol Strider. And I'm Rochelle Alicia Strider. And once again, we welcome you to our home at Lupin Lodge. We invited you over tonight for some conversation about the human condition with all its eccentricities and what to make of it, sprinkled with laughter, good music, and the many voices of Errol Strider. Oh, this is Father O'Malley. The human condition, aye, that's something there you're going to bring in there. Yeah, the human condition, aye, but it's, uh, it's uh, Thanksgiving week. Uh, maybe we can uh, table the uh, troubling stuff uh, a little bit. Well, we might be able to do that, uh, Rabbi. Uh, this is Barney, and I don't know. I'm going to check in, see how we get along. It'd be great. Thanks, guys. That, that, that was some of our good friends who are going to be with us tonight. Our show is sponsored by Go Raw. Natural food, nutritious and delicious, maximizing the nutritional effect of raw food so that you get the most nutrients out of what you eat. And guess what? It really tastes good. Two for one. And Go Raw can be found at Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, and the organic section of Costco, to name a few. But you go to GoRaw.com to find out where Go Raw can be found in your neighborhood. You know, this is an amazing day. Because before we really jump into our subject, I want to say that this is the night before John F. Kennedy was killed. Many years ago, November 22nd, 1963, that would be wow. 54 years. I can't add that much. And, uh, and that was a momentous week for me, as you know, because in that same week, I found out that my girlfriend was pregnant and that I was kicked out of, well, two colleges, actually, one of which was a woman's college. <laughs> but who's counting? It, it, it was a, uh, what can I say, a, a momentous week, and it precipitated this idea for this movie. And I'll just tell you quickly about this movie before uh, we, we launch into our theme for tonight. Well, let's launch into it. Uh, tonight, you know, we want to say thank goodness, Okay. Thanksgiving week, thank goodness. Just the thought of all those delicious things. Thank goodness. Oh, but I want to say this. Goodness does not seem to get as much credit as it deserves, and certainly not much press. So in keeping with Thanksgiving, we decided that our featured phrase of the week should be, thank goodness. Goodness is kind of a dark horse of the human condition, patiently there and always eager to show up in any circumstance. Thank goodness. Otherwise, we'd be overly subject to the nefarious activities of, well, badness. <laughs> badness, unlike goodness, is able to grab the headlines 
and often does not dominate our behavior. But since I consider myself a non-dualist, I don't think there is actually any good versus bad. There is the prevalence of life and love moving out and the many distortions and grievous activities of a misguided and ego-driven human race. But, as in growing good plants, goodness has to be cultivated with our appreciation and watered with gratitude. So tonight, we're going to be giving some thanks here. We've got a lot to be thankful for, and we hope by the end of the program, you're going to say, thank goodness I tuned in. And so we continue, in spite of the precariousness of our lives, to be who we are. Thank goodness. Yeah, we have a lot to thank goodness for. That it is a wonderful part of our humanity. I see it every day in small ways. Someone, someone opening a door for me, picking up something that fell to the floor, pointing out a low tire, which happened last week, getting something off a high shelf for petite me. And in the larger ways, hurricanes and fires and shootings, those who stayed to help because, as one man said, nothing else to do but that. The shooting in Las Vegas, good people shielding others at the risk of their own lives. It's there in everyone, if given enough of an opening. It appears in dazzling and sometimes subtle colors. But whatever the color, it is always wonderful. And for that, we thank goodness. Wow. <laughs> that was good. I thank goodness. <laughs> goodness is like such a juicy, squishy thing. It just, like I said earlier, it just doesn't get as much attention because when you kind of make love, almost like massaging, goodness is massaging you and you're massaging goodness. And so then you think, well, what is the good? What actually is that phenomenon? It does seem to have some uh, extension from self out of self towards something or someone else with an intent to benefit that something or someone else. I'd say that was pretty good. I thank goodness for that. I think that's as close as you can get to a definition. Well, as Barley, Bob Marley would say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing now. Thank you, Lord, for every little thing. Thank you, Lord, for you made me sing.
makes me want to dance. It's hard to sit still when he's singing. I hope you weren't sitting still. I hope you're not sitting still in your life. Right, Barney? Yeah, we wouldn't want you to sit still now here because, uh, you know, we want to look at, you know, how much is that goodness uh, moving your life? I mean, when you think about it, how much influence does goodness have on you? And if you're sitting still, now, there's two kinds of sitting still. You can sit still and tune in, which is a, is a great sitting still, a great use of sitting still. Where you, and you tune in by dropping off all your frames of references. You know what I'm saying there? You mm-hmm. know, like, like shopping is a frame of reference or, or the physical phenomena or all your thoughts or, you know, or, or your, your next uh, plate of barbecued spare ribs. It's, a, it's all a frame of reference. And then when you get still, you go, okay. Take a break, frames of reference. And the frames of reference are go, oh, we're glad to take a break because we're always there, you know, you're always using us and relying on us. Now, we ain't everything, they say. Thank goodness. <laughs> that's right. So that's why you get to still like that. I, it's a very good thing being still, and, and, uh, and I know I should probably be still right now. So that's it, you know. Thank goodness I, I have the capacity to remind myself to be still. Well, thank goodness for that, Barney. Yeah, that's a great sense of self-awareness. To uh... I became very aware that good was, in some ways, uh, over the years, a substitute for God. It was good. Thank God for that. We said thank goodness for that, and they very much go together because it it's like the best of it, the goodness, the best of it, and and. From, the best of what can be better than God. You know, in terms of however you choose to see God, it is still the best. But you know what that brings up for me is, what if we started just using the word good instead of the word God? God is so like, you know, what's God? I mean, this, everybody's got a different sense of that or not that or no God or is God or God's on hold or there's a God's in the wings or God's, you know, directing the show or there's whatever, all the different. But what if we start praying, dear good, dear the good, dear goodness, how are you today? Well, oh, why not? We don't even have to praise. It's like a praise, let's say, praise more than prayer. But I think that we all can relate to the goodness within us because I can't imagine anybody, unless they're really, really dark and evil, doesn't have one good moment in their life. You know, one moment where they they want to put forth goodness. Because, you know, if you have children, you know, you want to comfort them. That's goodness. You want to take out the garbage for somebody. (laughs) Or you want to open a door for somebody. All the things that I encounter every day from people and that I do for others as well, is that maybe goodness is that kernel of God within us. Hello, this is Rabbi Greenberg. Speaking of kernel of God, I myself think popcorn is a great kernel of God. I think God, 
did a fabulous <laughs> job of making kernels. Oh, thank goodness for your humor. And then we can pop them, and it's like, did they know? All of a sudden, you can imagine these people sitting around the fire, and they had just picked a maize, what they call uh, corn, and they stick it in the fire, and all of a sudden, it's shooting, ping, ping. Ping, 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 it's popping at them and it's changing shape and all of a sudden it's like a white thing all puffed up and it's bagging them and it's like it must have been a miracle. God has made a miracle of popcorn. People don't know that popcorn is such a miracle, but if you're sitting around a fire thousands of years ago and all of a sudden the things start popping and changing their attire, well, you think, you say, if you knew to say, you would have said, thank goodness. Or you'd say, put a lid on it. I put a <laughs> lid on it. So it doesn't pop all over the place. But that was the next thing. <laughs> and so they were kind of primitive. Sometimes they'd use each other's the lid. But that's... But thank lid, goodness for your dark humor. <laughs> thank goodness. It's not terrible. It's what you say. I don't feel like it's an insult, but, you know, there is a difference, darling, between me and Errol. I'm a rabbi. For one thing, Errol is like, you know, he's a wannabe rabbi. I mean, I in all respect, Errol. I don't that about you. Well, thank goodness for that, I guess. Thank you, rabbi, from your wannabe rabbi. Okay. Well, you are. I mean, you're a teacher, and you're a teacher of God. I'd say you are a rabbi. You may not be ordained, but if you're ordained by God, you don't have to be ordained in any other way. It's really funny to be a teacher of something that is utterly incomprehensible. How do you teach something that's utterly incomprehensible if you're a teacher of God? I guess you... If you're a teacher of God, all you can do is open doors so people can find that within them. I have this image of who I think Yeshua was and what he was doing, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he cleared out everything in his system that could interfere with that flow of goodness just moving through him, that flow of the life force at its best, at its fullest. And, and, and he just became a channel for all that. And then what he got to see, because he created this huge opening right inside himself from which he could see the fundamental essence, the goodness of life, like this stream of light and color and vibrant symphonic sound rushing out and passing through him. And he goes out into the world and he calls these people over and he, and he goes, hey, psst, come on over, uh, take a look. Wait, look, look through this hole. Look through this space that I've created. So this is so interesting to me because I see them from that perspective when it says, believe in me, he's really saying, be, live in this space that I have opened up so that you have total and full access to infinite goings on. Oh, thank goodness for that. <laughs> I love the idea of having a space open for me so I can have infinite goings on. Isn't that great? <laughs> and, and and he created that space by just opening up for being just, you know, can I tell you? Grateful. Thank you. This is Keith Urban. Mm -hmm. Thank you.
There were nights where I was sure I wouldn't see the morning sun And there were days it seemed so dark I couldn't wait for night to come I couldn't stand to think about how my life used to be And how without a single warning it all slipped away from me That I could fight the shadows on my own To the dark I was no stranger This was stronger than I'd known And by the time I knew that I was in too deep I'd gone too far And the light that used to guide me Had faded from my heart And I found myself in places I thought I'd never go Surrounded by strangers, I was so far from home And I don't know how you found me All I know is I owe everything to you Yes, I do And I thank you for my heart I thank you for my life And I thank God for grace and mercy And that you became my wife The stars, the sun and moon They got nothing on the power Of this love I have for you And I thank you, I thank you mm. now People say they'll stand beside you They swear they'll never leave But when the rain started falling You know it only fell on me hard to keep believing in myself when all I felt was so much pain and guilt and shame I couldn't even ask for help I don't know if I believe in other lives but when you came there was something so familiar about the way you said my name and the whole world started turning and I swear that I'd been born again Thank you. Hmm. You know what I'm imagining right now? I'm imagining all the genuine hugs that are going to happen Thursday as people arrive at millions of houses and places. Mm -hmm. There are going to be some hugging going on. Mm -hmm. There are going to be people who are glad to see each other. And there will probably be some who aren't so glad. But I would guess that the big majority is going to be glad to see them and families coming together and it's a it's a wonderful uh time for celebrating uh all of that goodness would what oh son of senator by all means come on in this is senator Borgard, and i want to affirm that to the thanksgiving and i put it in a political context if you permit me just for a minute the political context was that there was these uh, adversaries and uh, they did not trust one another and they were sometimes out and out to get each other and uh, they were all different colors and different looks and then and then but they decided to sit down together and bring in it was a potluck 
and all the adversaries <laughs> brought something, and so they had the uh, the uh, Native Americans was one of the potluck contributors, and they contributed the thing, and then the people who who were into turkeys contributed whatever, and pumpkins, and they decided to be friends, and that was a fabulous political party, and. They should have had that party. They should have kept that party. You know, that was called the Thanksgiving party. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. The Thanksgiving party. I think we we should we should start the Thanksgiving party. I think we got enough parties. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we have. But that's another subject. Getting into this 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 divisiveness. What were we reading just this week in the Week magazine? I take a poll, and more people than ever feel like we are divided and coming apart and brittle, and and it's a precarious time. And it is. That is happening. But I see that it's because we are, the old paradigm is and necessarily will come apart, and we're in the middle of that fracturing. Yes, Professor Schnitzel? Yeah, the fracturing is going on here, and people have fractured minds. Why shouldn't they have fractured societies? When the fracturing is because they are not understanding that even though they may be a fraction of some other part, whether it's an eighth or one-fourth or or even a minuscule fraction, each fraction of the whole, no matter how small, even if it's point point zero zero nine zero 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 point two. It's still a fraction <laughs> of the whole, and point zero 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 nine point eight nine two, yeah. Oh, Professor Schnitzel, thank goodness for your ability to get all those teeny, tiny, tiny, tiny little fractions. So my, my the fraction, <laughs> but then if they don't understand fraction and they take it and they spell it fractious, which is not frax, us and us, us with fractious, which is F R A C T I O U S, yeah? And the US <laughs> is fractured so much right now that they want to take it off the end of the word fractious as an as a amendment to the Constitution. Take it off. No more fractiousness. And that's what we need. We need to, we need to stop fracturing ourselves and, and, and thank goodness for those people who are, uh, who are uh, unfracting the fractions and the fractiousness. Yeah. Thank goodness. Thank you. <laughs> wow. When you I, put that together, it was so, it was made me so thankful for you. Goodness. God, you're so good. Okay. This has been a month or more of um, people coming out of the woodwork Yes. who are sexually harassing women and women are are taking off their blindfolds and saying i see what i saw and i want you to know this and the latest um victim if i can say victim i i shouldn't call him a victim he's the latest um uh, what accused perpetrator yes a, a perpetrator the, yeah, the latest perpetrator is charlie rose well, who i have loved perpetrator. well i'll tell I you something know. So often, I, as a woman, have had men, you know, like, just put their arm around me in such a kind of, like, nice way, but they didn't, wouldn't touch a guy like that. They wouldn't go, oh, yeah, yeah, to some guy. But they... She's rubbing the back of my shoulder if you can't see it. Yeah, but this... Face the other way. and, And I don't think men realize that that is 
her, it's, it is an encounter. It's not, they're not just being friendly because they would do that to everybody if they were being friendly. But it's a woman and, the, and she's there with her breasts and her, and her womanliness. And men want to take advantage of that. And I, and I think I heard somebody say something that I, I really appreciated when she said, it's part of our, um, what'd she say? Not social, but our mores, you know, that, that for so long, men are up, women are down, and men therefore have all the power in the world to do whatever they want to a woman. And that's what has to change. It's not like, you know, okay, we get some guy to say, I'm sorry, I feel really bad about that. It's that we have to teach our our children, our our boys, our girls, to really appreciate each other in a way that doesn't, you know, don't touch me if I don't want you to touch me. I didn't ask you to touch me. Don't touch me. You know, because a touch can be very intimate. You know, it also can be nice. You you know, shake hands and everything. But there's ways when you go past that that become um, intruding, intrusive. And I thank goodness for the fact that, that women are, you know, standing up and saying, this has happened. He did this. I didn't hear him say, I didn't do that. He said, I'm embarrassed and I apologize. So he didn't say, no, I didn't do that. Who he? Which Charlie one? Rose. No, he didn't say that. I actually saw him interview today. He said something like, uh, not uh, not a bad thing. It wasn't Those weren't the words he used, but as he was asked a question as he walked into his house. Uh, oh, I heard I heard on the on the radio he said that he was embarrassed oh, maybe he, and he apologizes. Maybe he said that too. So... That is different than saying, I never did that. I never did that ever. I wouldn't treat a woman like that, you know. But, but that's not true. I think men do treat women like that. They, so okay. Here's, here's a solution. I'm a woman. I know better than that. Here's, a, here's one solution. Everyone, all these little kids should start taking dance classes, partner dance. They have found that kids who um, take do partner dancing from the time they're little and then they grow up, become very, uh, they would never do that. There's such a respect and, and that happens between a man and a woman and they, they're, they're, they're able to achieve a, a real wonderful quality of connection. Yeah, I did not make that up. Thank goodness. Yeah. Well, sure, that's what they do there now. We've had some of these dance classes here right at the basement of the church. And uh, it's nice to see the little ones out there dancing. Good evening. This is Father Armani. And we got the Thanksgiving come up here and coming up. And, and there's all this uh, hoopla. And again, the system's coming apart there. I think uh, you're right there. It's got to come come apart so that the new uh, new life system that is more, where goodness is more apparent and, and more uh, more available and more easily, more easily recognizable and, and uh, attracted to ourselves. And so the old system that was so much based on fear, I mean, let's face it, it's mostly fear-based, uh, that runs it. So goodness certainly is up there right at the front, but the fear, when it shows up in anger and war and in, in all the different ways people manifest, it, 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 it creates so much pain and suffering that just utterly wouldn't be there in the goodness itself. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness is right. We're thanking goodness tonight. We're thanking goodness. And I love Thanksgiving because to me, Thanksgiving, at least once a year, we get together, at least before they had three football games during Thanksgiving. And we can just be grateful. Be grateful for family. Be grateful for being able to eat. 
being grateful for so much. I mean, even the least of us has something to be grateful for, that we're still breathing, that we can make contact with people. I think that every day that I walk into this world, I feel a sense of gratitude. Thank goodness. Yep, thank goodness. So, speaking of gratitude, did we play the... uh, we played the Thanksgiving song by Mary Chapin, didn't we? I don't know. Well, let's see if it sounds familiar. You all let us know. If it sounds I mean, familiar. if it's good, we can play it again. Oh, well, <laughs> here it is. Grateful for each hand we hold Gathered round this table From far and near we travel home Blessed that we are able Grateful for this sheltered place With light in every window Saying welcome, welcome Share this Come in away from who lived in the woods being enlightened used to say it's lonely at the top mm. and I understand grateful for what's understood and all that is forgiven we try so So there is this opportunity to connect, and that's something we need to pay real attention to are the places we connect and grow those places while the fractiousness is tearing everything apart. Would you agree, Father? 
Oh, yeah, certainly the fractiousness is tearing it all apart there. But I want to say one more thing about it. Uh, when the people start holding hands there, and, and she talked about it in the song about may, may good days you know, never end there like that, and I think we'll always be thankful days. And the way to do that is just start giving thanks no matter what shows up, and then every day is a thankful day. It's very simple, really. And what happens is, is the more you say it, whether you feel it or not, uh, the more you find that what you're saying thankful for, you're actually, well, thankful for. Mm -hmm. And it just builds on that, and you become like a, a, a thank you beacon. And things goes off from you, and people come to you, and they say, oh, he's the thank you guy, and she's the thank you gal. And, and before you know it, there's the thank you club, and, and with guys and gals who are like to be Thanksgiving kinds of folks there. Thank goodness for those kinds of folks. <laughs> thank goodness indeed. But then there's the dark side, the pain side, and... That's why I want to take you back to this movie that I'm going to create uh, based upon this life experience. But we're going back to November 22nd, 1963. And the movie opens up with this in this living room and this beautiful woman, blonde woman, kind of half-dressed, and these are standing there and these two guys are in the cast looking at her and she's just slashed her wrist. In front of them? Yeah. Really? Yeah, this happened. And see why it's such a great movie. She just slashed her wrist. They're um, watching it. This character, me, hears the commotion, comes out of the bedroom, which is right next to this living room, and sees that she's standing there. Meantime, he's got his girlfriend in there, and, and he's about to find out on the week of Kennedy's assassination that this very girl is pregnant. He's going to have to deal with that. And he's going to find out that this girl there who's standing this beautiful, like a Playboy Bunny kind of beauty uh, model who's just slashed her wrist is going to be the catalyst for getting him thrown out of two colleges. Wow. One of which was a woman's college. Oh, i got to make this movie before I go. I just want... Anyway, <laughs> that's, that's the movie. That's just some of it. It's a great movie. And I got to live it. So, at the time that I was kicked out of school, I remember thinking that I was grateful. I remember feeling that I just, I really shouldn't be there. I wasn't into it. I even remember having the thought that I was in a, like a history course and going, boy, you know, I know this would be interesting in the right time of my life, but I'm just not there right now. And so mm -hmm. I quit school in the middle of the semester and that was it. I never, never finished. Uh -huh. and, but later... I was interested in history, and I read it when I was ready for it, and then I just sucked it up, as I did all those courses later on when I was ready. So it was a wonderful catalyst that allowed me to really discover who I was outside of a guy who goes to school or lives with parents. Mm-hmm. Thank like goodness. That. Yeah, just living on the, on, on the, not exactly the streets, but I didn't have much money, and, so I lived in a very humble circumstance as a basement of this house that someone would call it, I hesitate to use the word, white trash, because it could be green trash or blue trash, any kind of trash. But it's, it's like, that's the pejorative way we regard those people who live in those neighborhoods. And anyway, I was one of them. I became my own version of, well, white trash. Thank goodness. I say thank goodness because I think that when we have experiences that push us, 
that um, make us get bigger. Uh, they they deserve gratitude. You know, they can seem really difficult in the time, but when you look back on them, and I think that's one of the advantages of growing older, is you have a lot to look back on. I think that's goodness, <laughs> really insinuating himself itself into any and every circumstance. Wherever there's a fracture, wherever there's a breakdown, wherever there's a miscue, the goodness is going to rush in because it's like a hole for the goodness, and it's just going to fill it up like like, and, and expand all the ways that the good can emerge from this calamity and continue expanding it forever because that's what goodness is well good at <laughs> thank goodness thank goodness goodness is good at it <laughs> it, good. it would be very um discombobulating if goodness wasn't good at whatever it did but it's good to ponder these things. And I hope you're like, you know, pondering time for yourself, O ye listener out there, as you, you know, ponder who you are, if you do any pondering. And if you don't do pondering, we'd like to recommend, well, pondering. Pondering has its own a wonderful uh, gift that it brings with it when you ponder, because First of all, what is pondering? And second, and even more important, how much does it cost? And pondering is, it doesn't cost anything except some of your time. And what we do in this program is to kind of focus down on things that in different ways really matter in the sense, really matter in the sense they, they cause us to shift and move our lives in different directions and make different kinds of decisions. Well, I think it takes a certain time in your, in your development when you want to ponder. Because I remember saying something to my mother about that once. She said, well, I just don't think about those things. She was very frank. I just don't think about those things. They didn't. They didn't enter her uh, consciousness at all. And one of the reasons for it is she was busy thinking about other things, things that that you know occupied her mind all the time, like what to do with this thing and what to do with that thing and what, how to buy this and what to buy that and where to go when you want to go there and what to make for food and 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 who to get to clean the house and and what should she do with her rebellious daughter? Not me, my sister. Uh, I was the good girl until I left home, and then I was able to do whatever I wanted to do. But that's another program, <laughs> but, Rochelle. But that, all that, um, you know, I think you get to a point, or maybe it's the personality of the person when they just want to think about things, not just do them. Think about something. Go beyond the ordinary and move into the extraordinary. Go beyond the, the banal and move to the goodness. <laughs> I have this vision. They have a story about the prodigal son. I think you're the story of the prodigal daughter. You're the prodigal daughter story. In what way? Uh, just you know, make it up. <laughs> Thank goodness for imagination. Yeah, <laughs> to me, that's up. the most you know, fun of all. You can make up this story about the prodigal daughter. His father, she's going to leave him. She loves him. She respects him. Shakespeare made it up. He had the prodigal daughter in King Lear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and But not really. It wasn't really the prodigal daughter. She no. was a first relation 
to the pro- the prodigals. They were the, the nightly prodigals. <laughs> prodigal, Mr. and Mrs. Prodigal. Right, prodigal. That's where they <laughs> or got, Lord and Lady Prodigal. <laughs> yeah, that's where they got the name Prodigal. Aren't you glad you have the potential to become a prodigal child? If you're not already. What is the exact definition of prodigal? Oh, man. Okay, you, you say something, talk amongst yourself. Prodigal, prodigal. I'm going to look it up, okay? But while I'm looking it up, you know, not everybody's Thanksgiving is just uh, great. You, you know, sometimes, well, it can be a little annoying. Annoying? Yeah, annoying. Thanksgiving at our house and I'm singing a tune I'm cooking in the kitchen, it's what I always have to do I'm reading the paper, it's how I disengage <laughs> I'm brand new to this family, I'm not all that well known Could you put down your phones and say hi to Eric, please? Hey. Hey, hey guys. I haven't seen you since the wedding, and I'm, I'm just really grateful to be a part of this fam. I really like football, but not so much people. We stress about this day because we are dysfunctional. <laughs> the food is finally ready, but it's exactly 12 o'clock. And there's nothing more to do. So I guess we have to talk. So where's the gravy? You know what? There's not gravy really? this year. Why not? through their stuff. Speaking of moving... Who is that? You know, I I want to say it was the Thanksgiving family singers. <laughs> Thank goodness for your humor, Errol Strider. It'll well, get you out of my holes than anything well, else. <laughs> I, you know, I, I pulled that song and I've been looking for that song and 
but I can tell you this, Adam Sandler uh, did a Thanksgiving song on Saturday Night Live, so that would be fun to listen to. And we are, inside out, the naked truth, pondering together on the natures of fundamental reality and how it affects you. Fundamental reality. Well, I think that's very interesting. It's an interesting um, composition of two words, fundamental and reality. Now, is it true? I mean, is all reality fundamental? What what makes a fundamental reality as opposed to any other reality? Because it's a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fundamental reality TV show. <laughs> right. And these people, like they have teams and they have to get to what's most fundamental. And they're, they're given these situations like in Survivor or you know, they're thrown in the, in whatever. Pretty much. So. Except these are, you know, these are a little more complex social um, uh, you know, constructs, interactive social constructs, and they have to uh, adapt, would you say? Well, fundamental constructs do make you adapt. Oh, yeah, this is the fundamental realities, and each time they they on the show, I can, I can visualize them. They have certain happenings that they're confronting as a team, and, and those teams playing against each other, and the one team is saying, what is the fundamental reality? For example, uh, a situation scenario might be that, that they come into a quagmire of discontented people all wanting to get through the same small door at the same time for example, or some version of that, yeah? And they get on, they get in to find the fundamental reality of that kind of situation. I would give them hints along the way. For example, one hint would be uh, it, it, when you're looking up, it's, it's always wise to aim your head in that direction. <laughs> That's a fundamental reality. That's very fundamental. I think fundamental is, is like basic, and it's like... Fundamental reality is the reality of survival. I mean, you, you want to do things that make you feel good, and you can breathe, and you can live, and you can um, eat and all drink that. and all that. That's fundamental reality. Now, the reality of pondering, you don't need to ponder to live. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Thank goodness. But I did find the definition of prodigal. And I have to say, I'm glad we looked this up because I realized I didn't really understand the real definition of it. Oh, I'm so excited. Let me hear it. Characterized by profuse or wasteful expenditure, recklessly spendthrift. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. We're definitely a bunch of prod. The whole planet, kids, all the kids are part. So of it's prodigal. like that was the prodigal. So when the prodigal son came back, he let go of his prodigalness. Yeah, and the dad said to them, "You're just going to have to let go of that prodigalness, boy, if you want him." And I got, I'm cooking a turkey, you know, and I got some. Uh, I got way some. I'll give you a bath even. Oh God. You do need it, son, and you could, you could just back up a few steps until we get to that part of the story where you come to me and beg my forgiveness, and I throw open my arms and give you a big... So that was the prodigal son, and we we tend to think more in terms of what happened to that prodigal son, that he was forgiven. He was greeted with open arms. He was given the best seat in the house because there was that, that um, hope. Not just hope, but the belief yeah. that he had become more than 
that, that he entered, that he moved up. Well, from prodigal to yeah. uh, what? To um, right. adored. Yeah. <laughs> he's out there spending money, you know, just there and having a good time and using up his fortune and he's partying and he's buying drinks and he imagined him like in, in Las Vegas and he's like smoking a cigar. He's got six girls on his arms and this dude is that he gambles and at first he's winning, he's lucky he's winning. And then he starts losing, and before you know it, he's lost it all. His prodigalness is worn out. <laughs> right, right. And you do not want your prodigalness to wear out if you're still counting on it. <laughs> you heard but it's here. really nice to have to be forgiven for being a uh, total age. Well, it, it speaks more to. <laughs> A deeper point, the traditional point, is that you know this that goodness is infinitely forgiving if if we substitute goodness for whoever's the source, and goodness is uh, forever forgiving. And indeed, were we not instructed when he, when uh, Yeshua was asked how many times should we forgive, and they could see him going, man, one, two, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> Just a minute, I'm still counting. 18, 20. <laughs> you know, uh, 49 times 7. Yeah, yeah. That's the number. Yeah, 49 times 7. But you could do 49 times 8. Okay. No, no, 7 was important. Because <laughs> 7 times 7 was 49, so it was like going on and on with all them 7s. 7's <laughs> an amazing number. Yes, it is an amazing number. Well, if you think about it, it's, it's like a, the seven, and then the next octave starts. It's seven notes. Do, re, mi, la, ti. No, no, so, no, you don't. <laughs> you can't do that. Oh, thank goodness for warp minds, too. <laughs> no, I, I know how they go. Come on, what do you think? I know how they go. I know. La, so, no, no, go. <laughs> You're just gonna keep screwing no, around, no, aren't no, you? No. You are too. No, no, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out and. I don't know if I've ever been a reckless pentathlete. Uh, I'm, I'm. Well, some people might think you are. They might, but in my mind, because I'm too flinty, I'm too much a skin flint. There's a spendthrift and the skin flint. And they went off to Chicago one day, and they were sitting next to each other in the barrel plane. <laughs> The spendthrift and the skin flint. And they they said, how on earth? And the other, the other one looked at the other one and, and says, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's just the way it is. I'm glad he didn't know what to tell him because there is nothing to tell. <laughs> so I want to okay. give you uh, uh, how to reach us. And we'd love to hear from you, man. That would cause so much expression of thanksgiving just to know you're there and you care and you listen and you hear us and... Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And you can reach me. Simple. Email. Eastrider at gmail.com He loves to say well, that. Well, <laughs> I, I want to recommend that when you send a press the send button, say that in those tones. You, you'll see it'll create a whole... A whole different a whole way of looking at us. And, or go to our website, www.thelaughingheart.org and just as a hint of what's to come, this last week and a half, my tent caved in because of rainwater collecting over it. And, and the rugs got soaked with wet. And I've been spending days trying to get the water off. And now it stinks. And my 
office in there and the, when the rains come, how am I going to get it so it doesn't happen again? And oh man, I've been in the thick of this little uh, uh, event seeking uh, thank you-ness. <laughs> <laughs> and think about all those people in the hurricanes whose houses uh, were washed away or stink like your tent stinks because it just got inundated with water and there's nothing you can do about it. No. Well, it does. When these events happen to me, like like when I got stuck by the stickers a few weeks ago and my hands were like storage full of <laughs> pussy stickers, stickers for four weeks <laughs> because I grabbed a, uh, what do you call it? A prickly cactus, pear. Prickly pear. And you know what? They're prickly. <laughs> and, good, good name for them. And, and, and it took me not... Oh, it took me a while to get where I could say thank goodness for the prickly little thorns that are in my fingers and causing me this level of stress. But well, the the goodness that comes out of that is the realization that you'll never do that again. <laughs> right. Lesson well learned. Because then, then you won't. You of course, if you do, you'll be dubbed the village idiot. <laughs> I have already been dubbed. Thank you very much. The resort idiot since we live in a resort lupin lodge which is a for some reason it's it, it it's it's known best because it's clothing optional place people can be naked that's what it's like major thing people know about it when in fact the biggest thing about it you know what it is it's the 110 acres of beautiful nature and trees and quiet and peace and the waterfalls and able to walk and then if you feel like taking your clothes off just because it would be such a beautiful experience to have that you've never allowed yourself and you want a safe place to allow yourself to just be natural with nature your natural self i'm telling you it's it's a very freeing experience a man and woman stayed here um in a brought their rv and they they camped here for uh two days <laughs> excuse me and the guy said that they have a boat up in Washington, Seattle, one of the uh, lakes. And they go out on that boat and take their clothes off because there's no anti-nudity law in Washington. You can be naked. Nobody would arrest you. And in Washington? That's what he said. And he yeah. said that so they, they, their boat has been dubbed the naked boat. Because they are, they get on the boat, they take their clothes off. <laughs> they just go out on the lake and in their boat and naked. I think being naked, uh, when you feel good about being naked and you don't feel like you're being judged for being naked and you don't judge yourself for being naked, is really a wonderful experience. So let's stop here. As long as we're giving Thanksgiving, let's especially thank our bodies and our life in our bodies and the incredible complex enormously fast goings on inside this body at the electric level the chemical level all at every level and it's and it's staying cohesive to a point until it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to thank goodness for something else and then, then you have the opportunity to thank but give thanks for the body you know the parts your body may have judged the part that's going to be doing its best to digest as fast and as much as you're going to be pouring into it so pray for your gastrointestinal system for thanksgiving and then give thanks to it 
while you're eating it. And dear God, we want to thank <laughs> Let's you. Let's have thank goodness for our, the fact our, that we can also say no to a second helping. Right. But I want to thank God for our gastrointestinal system and a job it's about to do. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> ah, thank goodness for the right kinds of prayers <laughs> that release us from our doubts. Mm-hmm. So, the goodness... The goodness. The goodness is apparently constantly there and emerges just anywhere, and and especially in troublesome places. It seems to emerge where there's brokenness. And And what what, um, fills me with joy is the realization that some really tough people who kind of mostly walk around, you know, like naysaying or whatever, when push comes to shove and they are in a situation where they can be of help, they rise up and and they're good and they do good things. And maybe it even surprises them because they don't have an opportunity before that moment in time to do something good. So the universe is kind of coming out with this wonderful, happy face, and it's going, surprise! <laughs> what? Surprise! Is that emoji? <laughs> you have the capacity to, to, to do, you know, uh, uh, utter self-forgetting goodness. Goodnessing. Yes. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> and, we, and speaking of surprise, we at the Inside Out Studios uh, are about to take off for the night and we will next be with you after this thanksgiving inside out the naked truth the laughingheart.org eastrider at gmail.com so that having been said uh michelle what do you want to say before we depart i want to remind everyone that resistance is what we add to pain to make it last longer and hurt more Hmm. say it again resistance is what we add to pain to make it last longer and hurt more. Thank goodness. We know that. (laughs) I think so, too. 